Testing one two. Okay. Testing one two. Okay, okay, okay. Ah, I'm back again. I'm always back. I'll leave, be gone for a minute, and I'll come back. I'm like that cousin that just dropped in. Out of nowhere. So this is my third try. You don't, you won't hit other tries because I fucked them up. The at work. Hard at work. I'm at work. Been real busy at home. Been real busy at work. But at work, I'm alone. Working by myself in a large room. Setting tables and chairs. You know, my uh, mild-mannered job. So I figured, why not? I can walk and talk, do work at the same time. I know it's hard doing this for a third time, hoping to get it right. To go over things again that I already went over. But let's try to have fun. Excuse me. Soon might hear a little noise. <coughs> a little bumping. Choking from drinking soda. The clanking and moving of chairs and tables. But we'll make it work. Who am I? I'm Dr. Frank. This is What's the Science. And I'm just going to continue to share my journey. So, right now at work, I'm setting the classroom. I got these six foot classroom tables. And I need a bunch in this room. So I'm putting them down. Two chairs, each table. In case you need that, you know, banquet houseman information. But what's been going on on the other side with my alter ego, the starving artist? I know, just said it before, said it again, finish the book. 30 pages took me a year to get it done. Uh, bloody knuckles. I like it. I'm studying it. Seeing, you know, ways that I can improve without drastically, you know, changing the style. I need to work on my continuity, you know. Especially, like, with looks. Uh, costume. Things of that nature. Uh, why is that an issue for me? I think it's an issue for me is because, you know, sometimes there's a lot of time between pages with me, you know. So I need to get in a better habit of going over previous work, previous pages, you know, doing my due diligence. Because, like, today, I posted a... Uh, character page with a bio and there's a typo in it I can't fix it until I get home and you know that's so embarrassing it's so unprofessional and it makes me look bad well I guess I guess you know my followers they get to see that I make mistakes too I mean that's a good thing it's a bad thing whatever have you take it but I'll fix it. But you know, that's just the issue of, you know, not double, triple checking my work. So I gotta get good at that. But I'm still trying to figure out this market thing, this promotion thing. And really, I know it's gonna take time just to build myself up, but at the same time, I need a job. That's not this. <laughs> so, in doing my research, you know, when it comes to solicitations, to sending in submissions to the big companies, even the smaller companies, 
you know, five pages is the standard. And I hear it's better to like do a story that's only five pages. Don't send five pages of a larger story. If I can tell the story in five pages, that's even better. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write, you know, I wrote one already and it's only a paragraph long. It's like a description of events. This character does this, this happens, and voila, you know. And that's something I can do. Here I could tell this story. You know, it doesn't need word, you know, and things of that nature. It's just the pictures. So I don't have to go into all the dramatic effects of writing. All I have to do is tell myself what I want to happen and make it happen. Um, for a long time, when I've been doing books, I skipped the script writing part. I used to do that all the time. I stopped doing it. You know, I just wrote directly on my roughs. But now, I'm doing, you know, scripts again. I didn't start Bloody Knuckles with the script. I, like, I started the first issue with the artwork, but then I wrote the script. And I can kind of see that. I can see what I'm doing with the second issue with the script involved. And I can see the difference and just the layout, the flow. And I think I'm, a, you know, and I've really been enjoying, you know, the script writing process. You know, I'm really enjoying writing right now, you know. I'm not gonna say I've been writing a lot, but I did. I wrote the first half issue of Bloody Knuckles. I'm trying to crank out the second issue of Dundada. I wrote the first one, and I had fun with that, with, with writing it and drawing it. And so I'm gonna, you know, keep writing. My wife has some ideas for books. So I'm gonna co-write those. Yeah, it'd be funny if I get a job as a writer instead of an artist. Take so much pride in my art. But I wouldn't mind that. Especially if I can, you know, get aligned with a team that, you know, really digs or understands the flow of my writing. Really, what do it for me is to, like, just have the creative freedom. Not to do what I want with characters. I mean, because someone hires me to write that character, that character shouldn't, you know, do anything in my writing that's, you know, outside of their nature. But just to have the creative freedom to control the situations. And really, I won't say control the outcome because the way I write, the way I build characters is like, I create a situation and the character kind of like, they decide their own outcome. And it's weird to say that, but if you're good at writing characters and breathe life into a character, they kind of do that. They start to write the story themselves for you. Because you know? like I said, characters, they only do what's in their nature. So you set the scenario, they're all going to do what's in their nature. I guess it's just my job to present a conflict. Characters will fall in nature to resolve said conflict. So yeah, so you know, I want back to the whole writing and submission thing. You know, this little small paragraph. You know, five pages. That's not a lot. So it should be easy for me to do five pages a month. And I'm not going to overload myself. I'm not going to write a bunch of, you know, 
little descriptions for different submissions all at once. But once a month, paragraph, five pages, that should be doable. And I've never submitted in such a frequency. So basically what I'm saying is from here until I get hired by someone, and I'm not just going to target, you know, Marvel or DC, but also got to look at Dark Horse, Boom Studios, you know, IDW, messing around with those characters and those properties. You know, and wherever I get picked up, wherever I get picked up, but this will be the first time I've been, you know, committed to doing submissions in such a frequency. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to get started. And, you know, it might help my chances. Because as I try to enter the community via the internet, making more comments, trying to start conversations, you know, doing this podcast, trying to become known, you know, within the community. Such a high submission frequency should aid in that greatly. But it's important to, uh, you know, establish the connections, the contacting of editors, you know, politely soliciting, asking for permission to send what I have. I might get a bunch of no's. I need to prep my brain for that. You know, because in the past, I would send a submission like two, five years apart. Two to five years apart. I know I was obsessed with getting good, so if I sent something in and it got a bad response or it didn't get responded to, I would just like crawl into a hole and just try to get better for five years. And I really wasted a lot of time. I should've just been making books the whole time. And I'll probably be where I need to be. But I learned the way I learned. But also, on the flip side, I think that gives me a benefit. Because even though, for the most part, I'm self-taught, you can say, you can have an argument to say that I've kind of been educating myself for so long. I'm overeducated. I'm overqualified for a lot of the jobs that I'm trying to get. Even though I'm not getting recognized, you know. So by the time I get that job, I might be the old man on the block, but also have that experience, you know, that comes with that. Because, you know, there are a lot of young guys and gals in the business right now. And just by see you know, just counting the years. I have way more drawn experience than a lot of people. Because I've been doing it all day, every day for so many years. Some you know, even for more years than a lot of these kids have been alive, you know. Though they might have the edge when it comes to how you doing? Yes, sir. Hard at work and enjoying it. Not really, but gotta be here. What was I saying? Yeah, that was uh, our security officer here at the Crown Plaza. Maybe I shouldn't name our work. Might say something bad about work. As 
if one of the big wigs upstairs will hear it. You're talking bad about work, you gotta go. So, <laughs> so what was I saying? Yeah, because I haven't, you know, that was my experience in college. Because I went to college. I didn't go to college until I was like 25. So I wasn't a kid in college. I was an adult. Already responsible, already paying my bills, you know, taking care of others. So, so that, you know, that shaped my experience. I was in college to take care of business. I skipped the whole party experience, exploration thing. I think that also helped me enjoy the environment. I enjoyed learning. I enjoyed sitting there, listening to a lecture. I enjoyed conversations with my professors. I also enjoyed being an odd man now, being an old man there. Because then, you know, I, I wasn't in a situation to socialize. I was there to focus on my work. So I imagine... You know, and also gave me an edge because I had the life experience to apply to the knowledge I was, you know, I was learning. A lot of people go straight into college after high school. They learn this information, and and I see, you know, I deal with doctors, going to the hospital. You know, I've been in situations dealing with social workers, been in situations, you know, dealing with, you know, young psychologists. And there's this disconnect. Because they've, they've been in school for so long, they don't have the real life experience of dealing with everyday people and everyday situations. It's like what they've learned out of the books is their reality. And it's misguided. So, me getting real life experience first kind of helped me be more practical with the knowledge I learned and give me the ability to more readily apply that knowledge to real life in a more practical sense. So I'm thinking that will also aid me when, not if, when I break into the industry you know, and begin to do work for, you know, authors and writers, all the companies. You know, my experience with the grind, you know, my real life experience with the hardship, you know, with the exploration, you know, being self-motivated to, to study my craft. You know, not having to be taught that, you know. And especially with having my family be impressed with time more now than ever, you know. I think I'm ready to uh, master the art of making the deadline, you know, getting things done on time, getting things done ahead of time, you know. So we're about to enter May. So really, I want to be able to push out these five pages in a week. So I'm not gonna press myself. So I'm, I'm, you know, I want to send these out once a month. And I got the, you know, the written part down in the description. So I'll give myself to the 15th, 15th of May. And that's my deadline for these five pages, 10% out. You know, and that gives me a lot of time before the next month to, you know, get another one ready to send out. You know, to get it prepped, to get the idea ready, you know, to find out who I want to send it to. So right now, I got to do that work too. Get that prepped and ready. Because I got the character, I got the story. The question is, 
do I, you know, contact the big editor-in-chief of, you know, the company that controls this character, or do I contact the series editor? I think it'd be able to, it'd be better to go small and do the series editor. And just say, hey, I have this. My name's Donnie, comic book artist. And I send you something in, you know. And I want it finished before I contact you. I don't want to say, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then two, three weeks pass. And they still haven't received, you know, they're going to forget me the next day. I want to be able to, I want them to say, okay, sure, send it in. Then I send it in immediately, within the next couple seconds. And then starting the dialogue, you know, we could probably get a response, you know, same day, next day. I can move on from there. And, and if they deny me, if they say, no, I don't want this, I'm, I won't be accepting this, then so be it. Because whether they accept it or not, I'm going to post it on DeviantArt, on Facebook, on Tumblr. So it, I'll still be getting exposure. But the more editors, you know, even if even if the editor sees it and is like, I, I love it, it's great, blah, blah, blah. Here's a sample script, try this out, or do a couple pages, you know? Even if it leads directly to a, a job, I think I will, or an opportunity, you know? That's, I think that's, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that's being unrealistic. I think my artwork is pretty good. I think it is good enough to land me a gig. So if it happens, I won't exactly be surprised for that, be surprised by that, but I also think I should continue, you know, the process because I'm just trying to, you know, make the professional community aware of my presence as much as possible. So build a professional audience. get to the point where not, not necessarily get some co-signers but you know to have people in the game see my work and recognize my work and just have that spread word of mouth like hey this kid's legit this old man he's, he's legit this old man breaking into the into, into comics he's legit I think it'll do wonders for my uh, so-called career. I'm just working on that. I'm kind of excited about it. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I need to prep my mind for failure. Just because it's the nature of the game. A lot of times, you know, they turn you down just because they don't have the time to deal with you or who knows what somebody's going through? You know, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt to say that they're busy. I don't want to say that they're assholes and they're like, fuck you. Yeah. I don't want to say that they're racist. Like, oh, this is a black kid. Well, they'll never see my face. Well, <laughs> they will if they go on my social media sites when I give in, when I turn, you know, contact information. But I don't want to say, oh, they're racist. I see, oh, this is a black kid. We don't need any more black kids. <laughs> You know, but I'm going to try to do original renditions of characters, you know, try to be original, make it as much as mine as possible, keep the stories short and sweet, make them exciting, and lean on my strengths. Why focusing on my weakness? So what's my greatest weakness in drawing comics of background? I can do background. I can draw a plane, I can draw a car, I can draw a dog, a horse, you know, anything I can't draw I can reference and then draw it. And you know, usually 
because when I was drawing the horses for Chain Gun, I just referenced a horse and did like a couple pages of sketches, you know. And then also had the mental references every time I've seen horses in movies, on television, in real life. I've seen horses in real life, you know, that sort of thing. So it didn't, you know, it wasn't a day before I added horses to my repertoire, you know. So that's kind of like a non-issue. So, you know, I can do background. I guess I'm just been kind of lazy background and I just love the characters. I just want to put the characters in action. But it's not just drawing background. It's like, and what I learned with Chain Gun, not Chain Gun, but yeah, what I learned with Chain Gun and with, you know, Bloody Knuckles more recently, because with Bloody Knuckles, I did the background. It looks fairly obviously obvious that I was just filling in space. But I want to make more of an effort to, like, design an environment and put the character in that environment. So if you see from panel to panel, you recognize that they're moving through a unique environment. And, you know, Maybe there'll be interactions, interactions with that environment. Character might use a wall, you know, to hide behind, or they might bounce off a wall for momentum, or slam a character into a wall, or throw a garbage can, or, you know. So I think movement and action are my strengths. So I'm really gonna focus on those. Yeah, stick with the movement, stick with the action. You know, and there's no dialogue, so I don't need too many, you know, pages of, like, characters talking without dialogue. I'm not sitting there writing. Maybe I should. Because, you know, maybe I get hired as a writer, because I'm going to draw it, I'm going to ink it. That'll be, like, the three-piece. You know. Throw some word bubbles in there. Or some narration. And I'm like, wow, this is a drawn submission? Who wrote this? <laughs> I wrote this. You know, I might get hired as a writer. Or anchor. And I don't really care. I wouldn't mind, you know, because it'll be... Because it'll be fairly easy for me to continue to work on my solo projects and still write for a company. I guess the hardest part about that is like, depending on if I'm hired, you know, working with the team, because then I have to answer to the team, the team of the editor, the team of the artist, and I'll have to tailor my writing for what they want. The editor is going to dictate, you know, what can go in there, what, what, what will stay in there, and then I have to fit the style of the artist, you know. Me, as an artist, I want freedom with the images. So, and especially if I don't need, you know, I like to see dialogue so I can get an emotional feel for what characters are doing, you know, when I'm drawing, because I'm going to be drawing the acting, right? But for the most part, I just need short description, you know. I'm, Descriptions of what's going to happen, you know. This happens, this happens, and this happens. The nature in which it happens, and, and which is translated visually, I want the freedom to decide that on my own, you know. Like, as an artist, I, I would feel so constrained to be attached to a writer who's like, panel one, this, panel two, that. You know, because I'm going to design the pattern. The you know panel layout. Don't tell me what to put in the panel. That would drive me crazy. So, but some artists need that. So, 
as a writer, what what are the chances of me getting paired with an artist and an editor who wants to see that format? I think it's very great. Should I practice it? Should I practice writing that format? No, I think I'll just write my own format. And I'll, you know, be confident in the fact that if they like my writing, they like my format. And, you know, they would have the foresight to attach me to people to compliment that. Working on the backgrounds, making them extensive, making them attractive, you know, and cool. And I won't necessarily make my backgrounds like super realistic because I don't draw my character super realistic. You know, sometimes it's off putting when I see a book and the character, like Spider Man, is drawn like cartoony, but he's like swinging through a super realistic you know, landscape, you know, with the buildings, almost sort of, you know, it's, it takes me out of the experience, you know, the background should reflect the style of the, of the characters, so I use a cartoony style for the characters, I want to, you know, master that style of building, master that style of background, you know, for my art. So it all melds together. It feels like it fits into the same world. I think it's more fun that way too. You know, drawn architecturally, you know, it's just super realistic. I don't know, for me, that, that gets boring. Just like, I get bored, you know, with portraits. I don't want to draw a photogenic portrait of a person. In my mind, what's the point of the interpretation, you know? If that's the case, just take a picture. And also, they have millions of apps that are, you know, you throw a photo through it, and you can make it look like a painting. You can make it look like a sketch drawing. You can make it look like charcoal. So what's the point of wasting my time making me draw a portrait? I mean, if you're getting paid, I understand that, but... Even if, when I get paid sometimes, I don't like to do portraits. Winston, he does portraits, but he he does it in this like, funky, retro style. And it's amazing. I love what he does with the portraits, you know. No disrespect to my man Winston, but if, if, if you hear this, you are, you know, you're so much more a, a, a great, greater painter than you are, you know, line artist. And to be honest, the opposite is true for me. I'm a master of line. And I'm not just saying that to, you know, to my own horn, but it's, you know, it's just a matter of fact. I practiced for that many years, especially with pencil. With a pencil, my, like, there's no effect I couldn't create or anything I couldn't draw with a pencil and a piece of paper. I have mastered that tool, period. But a paintbrush, oh, like, as better as he is with painting, you know, comparatively to his line work, I'm way worse. You know, the gap between Winston's line work and his painting is way shorter when it comes to me doing the opposite. The gap between my line work and my painting skill it's enormous. I suck at painting. I cannot paint. You know. But also, when I do my colors, I do it in that fashion too. I know I can't paint, so I usually go with, you know, the high contrast, heavy shadows, heavy black, flat color style. And I like that style. I don't just do that style because I can't paint. I've always been a fan of it. Every time I've seen it, when I've seen it in Hellboy, you know. You can say Sin City, even though Sin City is mostly black and white. Some color was some, some added, you know. 
in animation, you know. I seen it in uh red line, you know. And you see the makings of it in, in other series, you know. I'm not gonna go through all the series. But uh and sometimes it just pops up style wise in different series, even though they don't use it continuously. But whenever I've I've always enjoyed it. Always been one of my favorite styles. And so when it comes to, you know, coloring, that's the style I can utilize. And I'm getting really good at it really quick. I think a game changer for me would be when I upgrade my studio. So when I, you know, I got a shitty Asus, I got a, what's it called, a, a Uji, a Uji, whatever, tablet, and I wouldn't call it a tablet. I don't think they should be called tablets. These, you know, these, these pads you draw on, you plug them into the computer, you draw on the pad, and it shows up on the computer. I feel like a tablet is a device you draw on the screen. My iPad is a tablet. The Asus computer I have, it doubles as a tablet. But I don't know if they make a, a pen for it. So I'm trying to find a universal pen that'll work for it before I have to wait. You know, I was thinking about getting a Surface. It costs so much, you know. If you don't pay top dollar for it, it's not worth it because of the memory. But as I think about memory, it might just be better for me to get a desktop way cheaper than all these laptops. And then, you know, to get all these affordable, you know, pen displays. So get a desktop, then I'll have all the memory in the world, not in the world, but way more than these laptops. And then I could just get a large pen display. It wouldn't be portable, you know, like I romanticize about, but you know, I don't go anywhere anyway, especially now that I got a family. So I used to draw outside all the time, not anymore. Now that I got a family, all the drawing happens in the house. When I go outside, no drawing is happening because I'm outside with the family. And I'm cool with that. You know, but I think uh, once I'm able to get in a situation where I'm drawing directly on the display, like my ability as a digital artist will like increase. It will double, it will increase tenfold. I'm gonna go, you know, Super Saiyan with the art. I know that detachment, you know, from the surface that I'm drawing on, you know, as I'm dealing with this this pad, this half-assed tablet situation, it, it affects my art, you know. I, I always feel the distance. I need that closeness to the surface I'm drawing on. I mean, I've gotten better at it with practice. But I feel like if I can go directly to the screen, drawing directly on the screen, there will be no need for further practice. Like, I'm going to have it. It'll be there. You know, and now, for some reason, I've gotten this lag on, on, on my device. So it doesn't move how I want to move. I gotta play with it to get it to move about the screen. It's like the surface area of the pad has been decreased, but when I check the settings, everything looks legit. So, I'm working with that, dealing with that. Like always, I'll make it work, I'll figure it out. What else? I don't know, I just want to get better at this, you know, being consistent with this. You know, with, uh, with the podcast, I think this is going to help my career, you know, a lot, especially as I, especially as I start to, you know, tackle, you know, different subjects and things of that nature. 
So I need to be more consistent, you know, and I really just want to do it once a week. I don't want to podcast every day, but I like doing long podcasts. If I can do hour, two hours, let's keep it to an hour. Let's keep it low. If I could do an hour a week, that will be fine. But surprisingly, between writing, drawing, internet promo, working, I'll work a lot. It's, it's hard to find that hour. Especially with my family, you know, because you go home, you got, I ain't gonna say you gotta deal with the family, but the family needs that time. You know, my son, he needs his time. My wife, she needs her time, you know, and I like giving them that time, especially my son. Like, it's important to me that we spend time. But it's hard. I'm trying to find a way to balance my obsession with drawing with my love for my son. You know, a lot of times I try to just sit him on my lap while I draw, but that doesn't last long, unless I'm playing music videos. Like I prop my phone up and play music videos, as long as there's a pretty lady in the video, he's not going anywhere. So basically I'm playing like R&B all day with my son on my lap, you know, and then there's my wife, I have to contend with her. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about my wife. I love my wife, you know. It's just, it's just difficult sometimes, you know. Because I, I get in my zone, and time doesn't exist no more when I'm drawing. So I was go by. And she was like, you ain't like messing down with me, you know. Because then I also got to go to work, too. That's why, you know. It's way more imperative, way more important now, more than ever, that I break into the business. Because if I can make this, when I make this my full-time job, like, life will get so much easier for me. Because then I can truly, because the nature of my job is not even scheduled set hours. Like, right, you know, today I came in at 2. I'm trying to get done by 10 o'clock, but I worked... Friday, I came in at 3, and I didn't get out till 3 in the morning, you know. And sometimes that's standard, you know, coming in whenever and getting out whenever. And it's, it, it really is putting a strain on my artwork and my family. So even before I break into the industry, I'm looking at changing that situation. And start looking at a different jobs, something more stable. But I need a full-time job. Part-time won't do. Because I think uh, some stability in our lives would go a long way, especially when my, when my wife preparing ahead, you know, and to do her own things. She don't like me talking about her things. Oh, I was about to, but. I'm just leaving it alone. See on the podcast and get mad. Why are you talking about? <laughs> because I can, woman. That's what I do. See, that that's another thing. I'm going to do another podcast where I'll talk about marriage. Because, like, the differences with people. Like, we're so different in so many ways. We're so alike in other ways. Like, me being an artist, not just a... Uh, a visual artist, but I'm also a performing artist, you know, doing poetry. I used to rap, but I retired from that. But being a performing artist, you just, you know, you spend your real life on stage, you know. After I go on stage and talk about my mom dying, or go on stage and talk about being dumped, after you do that, like, privacy is a non-issue. You know, I'll discuss my personal issues in full public without a care of who's listening. But my wife's not like that at all. She's the opposite. She don't want nobody to know what she's going through. You know, I don't care who knows. That's just me. Like, I live my life in the public. And that's my, you know, philosophy as an artist. So I'm just trying to learn how to keep my mouth shut. You know, for my wife. 
you know, for now. Because, as you know, we're going to have to hash that out in some ways. Because uh, as I move forward, it's going to be part of my business to expose my business, you know. As an artist. Because I, I do want to enter, uh, re-enter the arena of, you know, of stage performance, you know, with more poetry, things of that nature. So I'm going to have to share my personal things there. So we're going to have to find a happy medium. I don't know. Or one thing I hear... I've heard, well, from listening to comedians, you know, they do stand-up. They don't allow their family members to attend, especially significant others, because it's just, I can see how it can solve problems, especially with, with you know, you're doing a comedy set and you're bagging on your wife. <laughs> you're going to have some problems when you go home. I don't care who you are. Okay, how cool, you know, your relationship is. It's going to come up in an argument. So I can understand that. You know. So, so I, don't, I don't know how healthy that is either. To enter a situation where so much of you is going into something and you got to keep it separate from your family. So we gotta find a way, you know, we both meet each other halfway. So I can understand that there are subjects like too sensitive to talk about. I totally get that. I completely understand. You know, especially when I was doing poetry. Because I had, you know, subjects I thought that were too sensitive, but I would challenge myself to talk about them. And, you know, that was just me, you know, being an artist. So, we're going to see how this all plays out. But we'll figure it out. I have, I'm, I'm completely confident that we will. I'm going to keep working on it. So, yeah, I want to get, you know, better at the podcast. Um, another thing that, that I want to do when I upgrade my studio and get the, you know, more memory, I want to... You know, I've researched these programs that allow you to record your screen in your, you know, audio. So I might move, you know, my podcast to a you know, video format. Or maybe I'll do both. Because I think it's a different experience. And maybe if I'm doing videos, they can be shorter. You know, podcasts are made to be long because I can do things while I listen to a podcast. I I usually draw. A lot of times I'm at work, you know, and I just listen to like two hour long podcasts while I'm working. And that's cool, that helps me get through work. A lot of times when you're watching videos, you don't have two hours to sit and watch a video. So I guess I can make the video shorter and I can continue the podcast on the side. So all this will just do nothing but help my brand. And also I'll be giving away content you know, to not lure people in, but I feel like I want people to, you know, purchase from me. And what I'm selling, I'm selling my narrations, my books. And then here's something I'm giving to you, you know, my experience, my knowledge, or even just the entertain, you know, entertainment value, if there is any, of just listening to me ramble on. I know I'm kind of stale today. I usually have more character. My apologies to my audience. 
you know, and as I get more consistent with podcasting, I talk about different things. I'm waiting to see Infinity War so I can talk about that. And I don't care how long it takes me to see it. When I see it, that's when I'm going to talk about it. But, you know, I usually break things down to a whole different level. A podcast I can't wait to do, my wife wants in on it, is uh, soon, because I have the first two seasons, I'm going to purchase the third season of Hannibal, and then we're going to podcast about it. We're going to have to do a podcast series on that one, because there's just so much gold in that series. I'm not going to go into it, just say that for later. And that's, you know, and that series is so rich with content and symbolism that there's no rush. You know, I could do those podcasts 20 years from now and they'll still be relevant to anyone who has or has not seen that series. You know, if you have seen the series, you would appreciate the podcast. If you haven't, the podcast will be enough to make you go watch that series and then you'll understand why it's golden. To me, probably the most sophisticated series I've seen on television in my entire life. I've never seen that quality of television. And it's not just the quality of visual or the quality of acting, but the quality of storytelling, of the writing, you know, of how things go down and the way they happen. How everything is orchestrated and presented. The creme de la creme of television. Yes, yeah, better than Game of Thrones, better than The Walking Dead. Hannibal is number one. Sorry. Where am I? Okay, this is almost an hour. I'm going to cut this and go from there. I'll see you guys later. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.